Welcome back to the School of Last podcast. This is Rick Roberts, where we're all about taking the aspiring comedian and getting them from the page to the stage and doing some great things out there and develop a following down the road. But there's so many things that comedy can lead you to outside of just performing at the comedy club. Uh, it seems to be where we all start because that's where we're familiar with. But lots of comics take it a lot of different directions. And I'm sitting here in the corporate headquarters of Tom Mabe Incorporated. Tom Mabe, you know from the Revenge on the Telemarketer series, uh, the CDs that he had out for a while, and now he does a tremendous amount of YouTube stuff. And he's a, a good buddy of mine. We probably met up about, what do you say? 12, 12, 13 years ago. 12 or 13 years ago. Did I know you before comedy, or was that, I think it was comedy... No, you were you were what I was wanting to be. I said, "Yes, see Rick Roberts," because I was wanting to be a clean comedian as well. Right, right. So and I remember I was at the Caravan in Louisville. Yeah, and it was maybe a late <laughs> show, and you and your buddy were hanging out afterwards. Me and, me and Jim Clark. Yeah, we were. Uh, you know, the, at the time, you know, I was trying to watch everybody just mm-hmm. to get out and watch. And I remember people approaching me and say, "Hey, you need to do stand-up comedy." You need, to, and I'm like, well, I'm quick with it, man. But the idea of doing something every time, something different every time you get on stage, I had no idea. That, that you built an act, right? I thought you went up there and did, you know, fifty minutes of uh, what the time. I was just trying to get three minutes. I thought you were trying, you know, that you did something different every time you went up. And after I after I saw you guys, I remember seeing Tim Wilson, bless his heart, rest his soul. But the uh, when I saw Tim Wilson, I saw him on an early show, then I saw him on the late show. I'm like what? He's saying the same stuff. <laughs> I know. Oh my god! So that's yeah. That's why we were we hung out there and just watched. And it was amazing to see someone who. We, we felt embarrassed for a comic that we saw on the first show. We were like, oh, God, this guy's awful. He's so bad. And the next show, he would kill. And right. the other guy would be bad. <laughs> yeah. The same night. Yeah. It was just like, that was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's funny when you first started. I mean, I, I remember the first time I saw the same comic twice. Mm-hmm. I don't even think I saw him, you know, this is before I even started comedy. I went to see him the second time he came around six months later. Right. And he told the same stories and paused in the same places and pretended to. Uh, like he just thought react. of it right then. Yeah, and I, and that's why I, they call it an act. Yeah, and that's when I thought, okay, th- there's a lot more to this. And the pressure's off. I don't have to come up with an hour or 30 minutes every single time <laughs> I step on stage. But I do see a lot of, of even kids at open mics, every time they go to an open mic, they want to do a brand new five minutes, and they never have anything polished because you know, they've got lots of ideas, but right, they never really focus right. it down and polish it and then move it to the side. I, I literally do the same. I remember seven minutes. I said, all I need is seven minutes. And, and I did seven minutes for a year. Literally, just you know, driving, you know, eight hours to do seven minutes right. in South Carolina or something. You know, you can't practice at home. You just cannot. You gotta be in front of an audience. And what sucked that you you would go to one of those open mics and and you outnumber the crowd. You drive eight hours and you know there's just a bar staff, <laughs> the other comics. You know, but not. But it, yeah, that was oh, fun times, man. Yeah, I remember pulling the parking lots of places and you're like, oh man, there's three cars here and I know there's two other comics. But- <laughs> <laughs> the crowd and you really do you're driving so far and I, I would remember but I remember being so hungry at it you know when you first start that I um, I, I wrapped up doing a show you know a week-long batch of shows in uh, Omaha Nebraska and so I had money to drive back to Columbus Ohio where I lived and I thought man if I get there by seven I can hit two open mics you know so I was gonna really lock in get up early and drive all the way just so I could get more stage time on Monday nights at a bar in the middle of the German district. You know, it's like right, right. still fired up to do that kind of stuff. But back then, it's just like ridiculous. The amount of energy you put into it and the resources. And I, I remember, you know, like you said, people take different journeys to get here. I had a, uh, you know, the CD. I had a record deal with Virgin Records and, and, and literally sold, you know, cumulative a million CDs, over a million CDs. 
and I got dropped by Capitol because we did a new record, and I, I couldn't support it. They said you don't tour, mm-hmm. and and I was at the time, you know, I think maybe America had just came out the TV show on CMT or whatever, and I was selling out clubs, and I couldn't follow the local DJ giving away T-shirts. Right, right. And these clubs would, you know, I was talking to you earlier. You're you're, you're doing a corporate gig tonight, and the agent that uh, that you spoke of saw me 13 years ago, and I was awful. I mean, just. Just awful. Probably drinking way too much because of my nerves. And one tip for anyone starting out, never drink and do comedy. It's not, it's not it's gonna not help. A, it's not gonna help. And it's just yeah, but uh but uh it burned a lot of bridges. But I remember just, you know, people it was you have to have tough skin. I remember people leaving the club going, At least the CDs are funny. I'm like, I'm just starting. I'm new at the stand up or whatever. Yeah, and that's a that's a different problem if you want to call it a problem. You had name recognition before you developed a full act and right. You see this sometimes with people on TV. They're on Saturday Night Live. They're you know featured players, but they've never really done stand-up, but they can draw a crowd. Right. The crowd gets there, and after three minutes, it's like, okay, you weren't as funny as the other guy. So It's all about putting butts in seats, and that's where, you know, the improv, the local improv, they would do a lot of that. They would come in. They would bring in, you know, the guy from, uh, what was that show, Anchorman, and they would bring in, uh, you know, the guy, the cowboy hat, he'd come in, and he would just talk. You know, great guy, but... Not really a stand-up, right. but he could bring people into the to the room. Yeah, so it's a it's a weird thing. You want to have both at some point, and I think you're at that point now where you've done, you know, you've taken your revenge on the telemarketer thing, and that added the YouTube facet to it, and the YouTube stuff's exploding. Am I right? The, the YouTube literally, you know, we call it, my, my new office is, we call it the Googleplex of Louisville. Right, right. But no, we really want to, like a really creative, con- you know, atmosphere. And uh, YouTube paid for half of it, you know, from a good month on the, uh, you know, that uh, I did that uh, YouTube video on Christmas. Uh, was it the don't, uh, epic don't drink and dry prank? Right. We convinced a guy. He, he we have a buddy. They, his nickname is Pass Out. And unfortunately, my buddy makes this guy makes Forrest Gump look like you know Albert Einstein. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> and, he, and he and he passes out and you know we would draw mustaches on him as you know in our 20s and whatnot. Well, we put him in this fake hospital room at my old office and he woke up we told him he was in a coma for 10 years and it's 21 million views 21 and, and in December in a time where you get that's where the CPM all the advertisers so that it was a little right, uh, right. it was, it was 5000 per million views so that was that was a uh, a lot of it went to, to this. So, yeah, YouTube, I, I spend, you know, I'm self-employed, so I got like six or seven revenue streams and mm-hmm. YouTube, stand-up, I collect cans, you know, whatever I have to do. Because <laughs> one month, it's like, this month, YouTube is this poverty. I mean, I just looked at my CP, you know, it's mid eight. you know, I won't, I won't give away the time, but anyway, this month is bad. It's like, right now, I'm at like $577, and it's the middle of the month on YouTube. Right, Now, right. June, right now, I'll be, I could be at 3500 So, gotcha. but, uh, but yeah, so... I just constantly water my avenues. You know, the clubs kind of died. I quit doing clubs because I'm kind of a clean comic like yourself. And uh, and I got little kids, so it's hard for me to go, hey, I'm going to be gone for six days. You right. Know? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, but uh, yeah, interesting. But yeah, YouTube and uh, yeah, I'm loving it. I'm definitely liking the YouTube and uh, XM like, you know, we do. And and uh, and what was the other one? The the, the podcast. So yeah, I do like ten different things. I'm sorry, I took like a half an hour just to say that. No, but I think that's important. That's kind of what I like to this podcast to get across is that if you're a creative person, don't limit yourself only to the stage. Get good at that because that's going to fuel a lot of other opportunities and other and other oh. opportunities will fuel your name recognition so you can get that crowd to see you. But I, I'll write a bit and you know it won't work on stage, but boy, it makes a great video. Or I'll write a uh, I'll think of a prank I want to shoot and. 
I'm like, well, that's just going to be like moving mountains trying to shoot that. So I'll just lie about it. Say, oh, we just shot this prank. I'll do it on stage, and it kills. So, yeah, you have to have you – know, I know my buddy Jim Clark, we were talking about him before. Uh, he, he just quit his job. He said, you know what? I'm just going to I'm just gonna become a speaker. I'm going to become a comic. That's all I'm going to do. I'm like, really? No, you can't. You can't. You know, you can't just do that. It takes it takes a while, you know. And yeah, yeah. I don't think emotion emotionally he can take. I remember Rick call, calling my wife. We call it the Thursday night curse. <laughs> Being in a, at a comedy club right. and calling crying. Oh, what am I doing? This is awful. They hated me, you know. And they were, you know. Uh, and I would. Uh, she said, "No, just wait." Till, and the next day, the next night, I would kill. Right. Yeah. You know, and, the yin yang of it all. I remember Tom Sobel told me, he said, you don't learn from doing things right. You learn from your mistakes. And and you're going to suck. You're going to bomb. And you're, and, oh, and, and especially me because I'm an emotional, you know, wreck. You know, right. I'm just so insecure. <laughs> Most comics are that I would judge that so bad, you know, so much. And, uh, but yeah, that's, but that's part of it. That's Where just, was your worst? I mean, I, I, I'll tell you about mine in a second, but have you ever been just in that hotel room in that town after that kind of gig and you're just like, uh, this I'm done with this. Oh, no, m- many a times. Many like, what am I doing? What am I doing? I'm by myself. That's why I never did cruise ships because you know you gotta you're in a room, you're in a little <laughs> yeah. cabin by yourself. I gotta be around people. Uh, w- worse is like after a a show you just bomb on. I did this big corporate. I would tell you the big corporate show I did. It's in Grand Rap Grand Rapids, uh, usually Keel, Michigan, but. This is probably my worst gig ever. I get there and they go, hey, the camera guys are going to meet you at 7 in the morning. I got the night before. They wanted me to in a contract because it was snowing. Mm-hmm. Or in case of snow, it was in the wintertime in Michigan. And I go, what do you mean camera guys? Yeah, we want you to do a video, a prank video. I'm like, I said, we didn't negotiate this. There's a fee. Well, nah, you're going to be here anyway. And I'm talking to the agent about it. He's like, ah, it's a big gig. It's like 6500 bucks or something. Right, you know? right. And uh, I said, okay. And I, I called even Rex Havens, our other buddy, and I said, uh, he said, yeah, you're there, do it. So I spent, all, they threw this curveball at me. I spent all day focusing on the curveball that I didn't think about. I didn't become acclimated to the, the company as much as I'd like. I didn't get to the guy bringing me up, the guy introducing me. The guy literally did 20 minutes of my act in like a minute and a half. One oh. time he crashed a telemarketing convention. One time he built a snowman on a fire hydrant. One time, <laughs> and it's as if they went through my whole act. Right. And and I and I got it. I did, he took my opening. He took the whole thing. He took. I bet he took did twenty or thirty minutes in a couple minutes. And and I'm sitting there. And I never got the crowd. It was like st- it was like leaving a stop sign in fifth gear. Right. You know, I never got traction. And I said, I guess I, I feel like I need to pay this guy. And it was so people would not look at me when they. It was so bad. <laughs> they would the not. And I and I go to my and I couldn't sleep. I was like, I'm calling. Well, you see, it's not my fault, you know. And people are trying to talk me off the ledge, and I'm just sitting there like, this is just awful. It's cold. It's oh, and I was so mad. An agent picked me up. He said, well, you know, you can't charge him for that video. I know you all talked about them giving you some money. I said, and he even t- and he talked about how bad the show was. I'm like, dude, this no, the, the show's bad because they they you know. They were trying to screw me out of a video, and they end up screwing all of us because I did not get to the guy who was introducing me, and he did half my act. Yeah, so, so a couple of takeaways there for sure is you definitely want to meet the MC or the host, especially. I mean, there's no time where that's not a good idea, right? right. No, I mean, a lot of and people you, have it printed up on a little business card. This is my intro. Just read it like this. 
And there's a good reason for that because mm. if they go into your recanting your whole act over 20 minutes, you've got nothing left. And <laughs> and it, if if they mess that up, then you can say I gave you my intro and you didn't do it correctly. So you're you're telling them how important that is. Without that, and this there's extreme cases. It's not always this way, but mm. without that. Like, I'll have guys go up and read my bio off my website. Right. Not the intro that's right above the bio on my website. Uh, Born in 19, you know, this that's uh, not important. And then you start sounding like you're full of yourself because he went to college over here and they did. Mm. None of that is important. They didn't know who you are, where you're from, and maybe one thing they might know you're from. Right, right. You Three might have seen tops. him on blah, blah, blah. Put your hands together for Rick Roberts from Nashville. Yeah. And, oh, it was so bad. You know, and uh, I was going to say the... Um, you you brought something up there and I it, it slips me but yeah that having that bio there is just uh, so important not a bio but just your intro the yeah. intro was so important yeah it needs to be a, a pre discussed on these I do a lot of the corporate gig things now and they ask me how do you want to be brought up or what and I I, I have it printed out and I have it it's one page one uh, eight by you know regular but it's printed large. And it's like three sentences, and they'll, they'll say, "Is that all you want?" It's like that's all they. That's more. There's two more sentences than they need. I was doing a thing for the Glasgow Water Supply Company or water, and this lady says, "Okay, um, we never done this before, but let's just hope for the best." Uh, he's a comedian. Are right, you? You want to come on up? Yeah. And I got up. And I said, "Really? That's my intro." <laughs> and now I go through and I go, "Look, there's a science here." Here, and I would coach them on the phone. Mm-hmm. Okay, are you guys ready to laugh? Oh come on, you could, and I said you got to ask twice. And right. I said, come on, you could do better than that. Are you guys ready to laugh? And go, yeah, come on. And that just kind of that kind of resets the room. They're you know they they had a fallen hero that got you know caught in a pipeline and lost his leg or whatever. You know they. Oh, that's yeah. the worst. Oh, yeah, when I've they had talk, many of those. Oh, where, yeah. Before we get to the comedy, we're gonna have a moment of silence for oh. Jim Hutchins, who's with the company for many years, and he his wife used to make brownies for each of your families. <laughs> I mean, it was, let's let's bring his widow wife up right now, and they're crying. All right, it's time to laugh. And that that and I hear that story from so many comments, and it's true. Yeah. They'll sit there and, and dig the hole so deep that you're like, and if you don't have the comedy ass to pull it off, you're su- you're you're screwed. Yeah, yeah. The good thing is though, sometimes that the crowd <laughs> is aware enough that oh, this is not good for the comic that that you just walk, you can kind of give them a look like, you know, with your eyebrows. Really, that's what we're dealing with. And uh, hey. I remember one time I it was the same place. It was a Christmas party, and I. I went up there and I said, I think Jim would have liked us to have a good time tonight. So let's, are you guys ready to laugh? You know, I do that joke. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, were you done or was it more? Yeah, that's it. I, I do that joke where I go up, you know, I, you know, they uh, they asked me to come to Glasgow and do the water company, uh, supply company uh, conference. So first of all, I got a, I got a couple demands. First, <laughs> I want there to be a, uh, you know, and I'll just find something. I want there to be a buffet right to the right of me. And uh, I want there to be a death dedication to a guy named Jim. <laughs> yeah. if, you, if you can pull that off, I'm coming. That's in my contract. And I'll just do a contract. So whoever killed Jim for me, thanks for going the extra mile to make this Appreciate thing Appreciate you guys making it. I remember I did that at uh, uh, Angela Cox, and I will do those, uh, you know, people like, how do you get in speakers bureaus? How do you get, you know, there's all, there's usually a, uh, what do they call those things where you go and you do the- They uh, do a speaker showcase. A showcase, mm-hmm. yeah. And I've done a few of those, and they really pay off. Uh, and this lady got it before me. Her thing was like, she was a motivational speaker about cancer, and, and she said, I want- Everyone to stand up and say rectum cancer four times. And they go, rectum cancer, right? And I got so you know, yeah. And about, you know, half hour later, when it was my turn to do my seven or eight minutes for the showcase, whatever it was, I said, you know, I told Angela, I come, I got a couple demands. First of all, around 1044 with the whole audience to stand up and say rectum cancer four times. <laughs> like it was That's in part awesome. of my contract. But yeah, but there's, there's time, you know, 
the thing that you know, I think your listeners and people are taking your comedy class. What there's times where I've gotten thrown because they said my name wrong. You said like earlier, you said sure. revenge of the telemarketers. It's actually it's revenge on, on the, I'm and sorry. I'm like, he got it wrong. He got it wrong. Oh God. Oh fine. And call my wife. Yeah, they mispronounced. You know, yeah. and like anything would throw me. But now, you know, one one lady at a at us one a, a Midwest speakers uh, gig, lady thought it'd be funny. Who she introduced me. She gave up. I'm sitting there. And she and she's a real little girl, like 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 one chromosome away from being a an official midget. You know what I'm saying? Just yeah. very very a little person, cute as a button. And she got up and uh and she and she's you know, she said she introduced me as uh, Bill Ingvall. You might have seen him <laughs> on the blue collar tour, and I, and she just went up, and I'm thinking, yeah oh, yeah, there you go. And and five years prior to that, I would have been crushed and been calling them the next day. So, Can I give your money back? I'm sorry. Right, but all right, let's keep it going for the little person. Or little person, you know, you know, and, and just like I played, and it was, but I, it was a gig, and Angela was there because oh, second worst gig was the gig prior to this one, so she came out just to make sure I was on my game. Gotcha. Got a standing ovation, and you got to be careful. You know, a lot of times, you know, we're talking about take the money and run. I got booked, and uh, it was a speaker's. It was from Angela, and it's at a bank thing for bank conferences, middle of the day. And, you know, anyone, lunch gigs are tough. They're not drinking. If it's during the actual lunch while they're eating, it's oh, really yeah. impossible. And, you, yeah, they, you know, people can't laugh with food in their mouth. I won't go up. No, I'm not going up. You're, I'm not going to be happy with it. You're not going to be happy with it. Let's just wait till mm-hmm. after they eat because you can't laugh with food in your mouth. Non-negotiable. Non-negotiable. I'll walk out because it's, it's, I don't, I've been doing this long enough. I know it doesn't work. Uh, so, anyway, I'm doing this thing, and they were tight. They were tight. And and after a lot of these conferences, you know, the, the attendees will fill out a little form, like, how did you like the dinner? How was uh how was how was the entertainment? How right. was the speaker? And she called me. She said, "Tom, uh, how how's that event go?" I said, well, I was fine. You know, typical. It was, you know, they were tad quiet, but you know, she said, "Um, I got a lot of notes here, Tom, and and it was like this guy's too busy trying to be funny. This guy gave me no takeaways to take back to the bank. So they was, thought you were a speaker. They thought I was a motivational speaker on how to improve productivity at the. And like, so you got to be careful. Make sure they know you're a comic. You know. I, hey, I, I'm going to stop right there because that's huge. I, I do a little bit of both. You mm-hmm. know, I do some speeches and I do some things. And if I don't talk to the person directly, if, if an agency calls me and says, "Hey, they want you to come do this thing," I got to be super clear with these people, and I also have to ask them, "What are you going to put in the program?" You know, if you're putting me in there as a speaker and I do my comedy, it's not what they're expecting and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And so it has to be crystal clear. And I've walked in there sometimes, seen the wrong thing in the brochure and had the guy say, hey, we're, we're glad we got a speaker because last year we had a comedian. I'm like, wait a second. Oh. You know, even the guy through the channels of translation has lost it. So managing the crowd's expectations is one thing. Well, it's kind of, you know, I love milk, but if I grab a glass of milk and I think it's Pepsi, oh God, you know, I'm like, right, right. so, oh, that's not, you know, and that's how the audience feels if they think they're getting... A speaker when instead of a comic or whatever. Right, yeah. and other things when you're doing your uh, any of the corporate events or and you do some theaters on your own. Yes. What uh, What would you advise the comics and the aspiring comedians listen to to be on the lookout for as they start booking those kinds of things? What are super important? What's negotiable and what eh, it doesn't matter anymore to me. Well, I, well, one thing I tell I tell comics a lot of times, you know, and I, and I see this happening, is comics will drive across the country for a hundred bucks. A lot of them, and I'm like, now I understand if you're trying to get stage time. You and I've driven across the country for free to get, you right. know, to get, you know, whatever, you know, what I'm saying we'll put it in our route or whatever. Uh, 
boy, and the thing now, there's there's no comedy clubs. There's comedy clubs are kind of disappearing. It seems like, or have you noticed that? Now you got a Zanies in Nashville. They're always going to be around. You're from Columbus. That's a funny bone up there. Yeah, what I've noticed is the the comedy club becoming a venue as opposed to a, a week long club where the same three acts are there. Okay. At Zanies in Nashville, on any given week, there's at least three different shows going on. I did not know that. On Tuesday nights, they have Doyle and Debbie. It's a, one of the funniest plays about the country music industry you'll ever see. Really? That's every Tuesday. I gotta um, go see that. Wednesday and Thursday, they might have a mid-level act or somebody that's passing through on their way to a big weekend gig, a mm-hmm. well-known name. Then on the weekend, they'll have a whole different... So you have three different acts where there used to be... I mean, I'm talking about three entirely <laughs> different shows with three well, acts within it as opposed to three comics working the same week altogether. <laughs> so it's hard for the the average... I'll say the average comic, the club comic to develop a following if they only get two days out of that week at the club. If you're there from Wednesday through right. Sunday like you used oh, to be, used people, to, yeah. the word of mouth would get around. And by, If you had a good Sunday show, it was usually reflective of the I the remember doing coming in like to the caravan, Monday night at Bear's Place, Tuesday through Sunday. Was it a Tuesday through Sunday or Wednesday through Sunday at a, at a, at, at Comedy Caravan? I think it was Wednesday through mm. Sunday. But we had, we had a one-nighter, that, but uh, oh, yeah, and you're there all week. And, boy, those clubs, doing those that week with – by the time you left on Sunday, your chops were so great. And you, you, I don't do clubs anymore. You know, here's the deal: you do the used to be they, the saying was you do the clubs for love and you do the corporate for cash. And you know, so but my advice: it, well, if I had to start right now, it, I would be squeaky clean because I know that well. I, I got a family and a wife who thinks I still have a TV show and a hit CD, so I I got to make money. Right, right. And the only way I'm not I'm not Chris Rock. I can't go out and pack a theater out. Uh, but I I would try to get as much stage time as I could. Right now, when I we we'll go into a town, and we'll I was just talking to Tim that you were, you met when you came in and found a theater in in Indianapolis. It holds 225 people, and and so we'll go into a town. I'll just buy the theater, and then I'll promote it. I'll try to get them Bob and Tom. I'll hook up with some companies around there, or whatever, and go, hey, we're coming here. You know, here's some special VIP tickets that are half price, or, or whatever. Right. Uh, but your your question, what, what repeat your question again? What would I do? I mean, as, as far as yes, gigs? some non negotiable things. Like if if I'm going to do this gig, I mean, like performing while they're eating, definitely out. Non negotiable. Yeah. Um, oh, following if they said so we got a guy going. You know, I was at, at a Zanies. Mm-hmm. And what's the guy who gets up with a leather coat? He smokes and he, he does this thing where he's just rocking the music for a long time. Carmine or something. And then he'll Basil. Start, Basil. Oh my God. So so hey Tom, uh, this Basil's going to come. And, and this is again, this is where I was selling out rooms. But at the, I bet I had at that time I bet I had twenty five minutes. But I played about ten songs to kind of right right take me that <laughs> right. take me that forty five minutes or whatever. And and my, as you know, make sure that the, you're opening out. You know, a show's supposed to ramp up. Right, right. Basil at the time, I haven't seen him since, but he killed. I mean, he was phenomenal. Is he is he solid or was he just? I was just so green. Everywhere I worked with him when I was coming up, he was that opening bit especially, which was the entire was it the was Green it? Onion song or I can't remember what it was. He just Battle of the Bone, Battle of the Bone. Yeah, yeah, leather coat, smoking a cigarette. Yeah, yeah. And he said, "Oh my God, how y'all doing?" And he, and he just had this very you know a feminine voice after this big old leather coat. Right. He looked like Tony, you know, someone that was on The Sopranos. Yeah. And he comes out just and and I'm sitting there. And I'm like, I got nothing. <laughs> I got, and I just start pounding beers like, oh, please, God, help me. I was so, so the, the non-negotiable is, you know, not, you know, don't let the show ramp up. You know, I remember Sobel, you, you know, J. Scott Holman, right? Uh-huh. Incredible comic. Just super sh- likable, super funny. Super, should I have my, I should have my own network TV show, right? He's really good. 
And Tom would would make me follow these guys. I don't know if he was just trying to put me in my place or if he was, or if he was, I think he was trying to get me good. Yeah, battle you know, tested. Oh, dude. And I'm like, how, you know, and, uh, but hey, Tom Abe's going up, but first we got Jerry Seinfeld. You know, no, you can't. <laughs> right. So the, the non-negotiable is that, you know, and I just as, I don't know how many non, my only non-negotiable that I, that really stands out. First of all, I get paid half up front. There's a contract that says I get 50%. Because a lot of times those people call you a week prior and go, you know, we we just the attendance is not what we we had hoped and right, right. and well that's not my fault you know I've turned away four gigs right absolutely so, so main thing right now I have to look, contract half the money if I cancel they get the all the money back which I never cancel uh, if they cancel I'll give them fifty percent back gotcha so, and what do you do in a weather related incident we reschedule if it's like you know act of God or whatever. Mm-hmm. So look, you know, here, just, you've already paid me half up. Let's just reschedule. Let's put it on the books right now. Unless they go, this was a one-time thing. It was for a fundraiser for a girl with cancer who's going to be dead by next summer. You know, not, right, God, right, that's right, all. Right, I don't right. mean to say that, but you know what I mean? That's just something like that. But that, that's the main thing is get a get a contract and, you know, and, and the other thing, I have to have a hotel room that you don't pull up to. I want a hall. I don't want to come up to a, mo- a interior motor. Interior doors, my interior friends. Interior doors because I yep. remember being – uh, what's a club in uh, maybe it was a corporate gig I was doing in Charlotte, North Carolina because I remember doing uh, uh, John Boy and Builder the next morning and there's some dude just standing outside my door. Hell yeah. I mean he was just standing like up against my door and I called the front desk and they sent someone they, they ran him off. 20 minutes later the same dude's out by my door. Yep. And I'm like what is this? And there's a story there's a st- I saw this is funny this is so funny I was uh, a buddy of mine is Mark Schiff. Mark opens up for Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, they were at down Lowell's Vanderbilt Theater, and and uh, Jerry was just getting ready to have his uh, son Shepard, and his back was. I remember Jerry flew in his masseuse from New York. This is and you know this is just two and a half hours down the road from where I live, and the masseuse was you know rubbing his back out and everything, and and uh, Jerry said, "Don't drive back to Louisville. I'm going home. You can have my hotel room." So Mark would go up to the top of the Lowell's the Lowe's Hotel, I go to the left, I go to the Swan Suite, and Mark goes to this other one. There's a piano. There's four rooms. There's a hot tub with, you know, the thing in it. The following week, I'm in Corbin, Kentucky. Right. I'm at the Meth Lab Hotel, you know, where <laughs> right. the door is right there. At you the know, corner of... It's one of those where you want to put the... You've heard of comics, they'll put the chair against the door. Oh, yeah. And sleep in the chair. You know, one of those... It was, it was uh, one of those things. And uh, I'm like, wow, what is... It? So... But right now, I just want to have a. It has to be enough where if I want to have a steak dinner prior to the show, I'll have. You know, you know the days where like here's like. It's you, nice if the hotel has everything you need because yep. by the time you get there, whether you've flown in and had to get the rental car and get over, or, or they lost driven, your guitar, the internet. They, oh yeah, that's happened before too. I love your thing about you would keep when you first start out. You would keep a bunch of room keys from hotels. So you could walk into any hotel and have a have a breakfast for I free. Would, yeah, I'll admit to it. I, I did have a stack of every every nice hotel that had no, a free continental breakfast. Well, I just I'm on the road. I don't have money for uh for breakfast. So I'll just go to. I yeah. pop in and get the USA today, and I I kind of flash my room key next to my you know my cup of juice. So yeah, yeah. So nobody think would be thinking anything. And I remember here's here's when I I finally stopped doing that is. I was I was swinging by. <laughs> it's pretty funny now. <laughs> I was swinging by a Drury Inn. Yeah. And uh, I had a Drury Inn plastic key, <laughs> and I was sitting there, and the lady kept looking at me, and and they would make the eggs to order, you know, oh, what have no. you. And I went up there for a second. She said, "Sir, you're really pushing it." And I said, oh. "What do you mean?" 
Oh. She goes, you're not even staying here, are you? Mm-hmm. And I had the jury. I mean, I'm like, yeah, my keys. She goes, sir, we've had metal keys for the past year. <laughs> I said, well, the last time I was here, I didn't get my breakfast, so I'm just catching up. Oh, on well, it. good for you that you that you said that. But uh, oh, I, I own up to it. But yeah, <laughs> that used to be my little uh, treat to myself as a little well, orange juice. Well, and a, lot a, of co- a lot of comics will, if you're on the road, <laughs> and a lot of people, if you, you know, I just want to pull over. I got to get a nap. I can't sleep, but I don't want to pay 60, 80, 124 yeah, yeah. room. So I, I know Rex Havens was used to sleep in the parking lots of hotels because they, they always had cameras, and no one, he felt like he was safe. Mm-hmm. So if you got to pull over and sleep somewhere, go to a nice hotel. If you can't afford a hotel, sleep in a hotel parking lot. Yeah, yeah. Well, I tell you, there's a there's a lot of little tricks out there to make it stretch out a little bit longer. You know, it's funny. Um, as 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 we kind of wrap up here in a minute, uh, with the focus on the YouTube stuff for a second, because mm-hmm. I think that's where people are going to find you the quickest, mm-hmm. and uh, you've got a, a, a huge following there. Five hundred over five hundred thousand subscribers Isn't now. Isn't that crazy? But you know, you talk about Columbus, Ohio. My that's what I was going to talk about. Partnering up with somebody. Yeah, and there's expanding. A, there's a couple guys. When I first met Roman Atwood, I think I had twelve thousand subscribers. Okay, and and this explained to him how long it took you to get that twelve thousand. To twelve thousand subscribe, it you know. I mean, YouTube hasn't even been around. I remember in '06 that came out. '06 and '07 okay. when I, when I, and I had been doing video in the '90s. Mm-hmm. You know. And I, I, if I would have started out on YouTube in 2006, I would be a very wealthy man right now because there's there, there's guys that you never heard of making six figures a month. And um, and these kids, though, they with the, with the telemarketing CDs, with the radio, and with my Maven in America, and I'm, I'm just an older guy. I'm like, all, these comic, all of these YouTubers will call me Pop. Hey, Pops, let's do a video. Right. And they respected me. So I remember Roman at what they called. Hey, man, me and Dennis want to – we're fans. We respect all you. We love your bits. And I've only had twelve thousand subscribers, and, uh, and how many did they have at this time? You think a couple hundred thousand? Okay. And they came down, and I just I put them up in a hotel because I knew they were you know kind of starving a little bit. Right. And in their rooms, I had a I had Bud Light for them, and I had a and you know they were in their, you know they're 25, 26 years old, and I had a you know just M and M's and everything, and just really laid out the red rolled out the red carpet. I said, you guys always when you come to Louisville, you got a place to stay. You know I'm. Uh, Roman was just Roman just is, is doing a movie right now. He was just here two weeks ago, and I put him up the Marriott across. I mean, but and that stuff just helps out. It's called collabing. Right. So now after after me doing a couple of videos with them, you know, I did the homeless bit with them. I did the fight me bit with them. They put it on their channel, and at the end of their video, they go, "Hey, check out some of more Tom's awesomeness on his channel." So people, I went. I remember going from twelve thousand to sixty thousand. You know, and my goal was just to make like 600 bucks a month because Josh started private school and I needed, you know, he was, you know, Josh was in eighth grade now, but I needed, I need another revenue stream. Mm-hmm. So I was, then Kenzie started, you know, private school. And so I said, if I can make 1500, so, 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 so it's just built from there. So collabing with other YouTubers and now I'll, they'll call me and I'll go, Hey man, we put a new video up. Can you give it a like? There's companies who'll pay, they pay, there's a company that pay me a thousand dollars to go like a video, just hit the like button and make a comment. And so all my subscribers would go, same company off of Roman, 4,500, to go make a comment on a video. Because that's how you, that's how YouTube grows. That's how right. your channel grows, people seeing it. You can have, you know, you can't sell a dollar for a dime if no one knows you have it. Right, right. So that, that's how collab- I've learned the ins and outs of YouTube. And uh, I wish I had time to just focus on YouTube, but you know, I'm 46 now. I can't. I can't, I'm afraid the platform's going to change or something, and I, I put all my eggs in one basket. But uh but then every once in a while you'll you'll, you'll luck upon uh, 
You know, like the, the DUI. You know what sucks? You know, I got a very famous prank call called the murder scene where I convinced the telemarketer he called a murder scene. I'm a homicide detective. Did you know, Mr. Mabe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 80 million views on YouTube. Not on my channel. Uh, if that was on my channel, well, you, let's just take it. If it was a three three dollars per million views on an average month, so yeah, what's that? Eighty times three thousand. I mean, that's pretty awesome. That would have been. So yeah, I'm constantly, constantly trying to figure this thing out, man. But uh, and collabing the boys from Columbus, Ohio, boy, they really gave me a lot of, a, a lot of, a big push. And how many? Whose channel it was that video on? Uh, that was it was called greensboring.com, and that been two hundred forty thousand dollars. So that would have been at eighty million views. Yeah. Okay. My whole channel only has seventy million views. That's one call. And said, that's still a lot of views. That is know? a lot. Don't, show, yeah. don't sell yourself short. You know, it was <laughs> funny. In Ad Week, I don't know if I sent you that link, but they were talking about Disney rolls out. Uh, Ad Week does these viral videos of Disney rolls out uh, Frozen and the song Let It Go. Mm-hmm. You know, place, place number two in our top ten. Number one goes to Louisville comedian Tom Mabe. So I got this thing, and now all the TV shows, I'm, you know, I'm Still, I mean, yeah, yeah, I saw you all over the place. Yeah, that's like that was just awesome. Now, obviously, Let It Go has surpassed my mm-hmm. 21 million. I think my daughter alone has watched that video 17 <laughs> yeah, million yeah, times. Yeah. Let It Go, really? It's not just, you know. <laughs> uh, here it's pretty popular. <laughs> <laughs> it's awful. But, but no, YouTube is a revenue stream, and I see a lot of comics do it. But the thing about it, you have to be consistent. You can't go three months without putting something up because it's like a TV channel. If you turn your TV on, there's nothing on that channel. You won't, you're going. Are you going to really go back and check and see if there's anything? Right. No, no. You lose it. So you have to be consistent. How often do you post or try? You know, what's your goal? Uh, every every seven to ten days, I'll have something new up. And what I got so many stuff, I'll re-upload something I did because sure. I put a video up when I only had twelve thousand subscribers and it's only got twenty five thousand views. So and and actually, I took a video last night and and where I, it's called test drive. I went and. You're 16 years ago, 16 years ago, I test drove a car, one of those used slimy car lights, mm-hmm. and I took it out. They got, we don't even go on a test drive with you. They just take your co- they copy your uh, driver's license. Right. And this, this, this car lot had screwed my sister out of it. You know, they sold her like an Escort for, you know, 3500 bucks. It's worth 500 bucks. It's a buy here, pay here. So I take one of their cars out. I come back two hours later, and I'm dressed in a Papa John's pizza delivery uniform, <laughs> and I had a sign on top of the car. I go, man, I don't know. I'd like to test drive it again. Let me look at my work schedule. And uh, so I re-upload it, and already within a few hours, I surpassed it when I uploaded it, you know, in 2007 or nine, no, let's see, 2009 is when I became a, a partner on YouTube. Gotcha. So okay. yeah, so you, so I, even if, if if I don't have time to do a new video, I'll re-upload. I go a classic Tom Mabe. and boy, did I tell you what, they hate anything that's not HD. My phone shoots better than the cameras yeah, I use back yeah, there. Yeah. HD is a big thing. But you're still getting the views, and that still translates, right? Yeah, it, it all adds up. You know, in one month, it's like really 577 dollars, but the next month could be easily something may pop, and it could be you know a lot more. Yeah. Well, it's awesome. I'm glad to see you've got the corporate headquarters. Got here the to Google Flex. Yeah. It's really nice. I'll come back when you get the ping pong table. I think yeah. it's the only thing we're missing. We're here. missing a ping pong table. Uh, I'm maybe have a ping pong app. I'll have a, my phone. I don't want to. Yeah, I don't. I'm not talking about the letter, but well, I was thrown off by the robot receptionist. That yeah. you, you somehow you duct tape that to a Roomba vacuum and it just yeah, follows yeah, people yeah, around, it's all, yeah. bringing your bottle water. <laughs> it's it's pretty awful. sweet. And so uh, the best two places people can catch your stuff, I guess, your YouTube channel. Maybe in America, YouTube. Okay. And uh, and like I said, we'll go like E-Town Theater. We'll, we'll go to these small markets and uh, 
you know, right outside of Vindy and do the, do the Strand or do the Royal Theater. So just keep, you know, just keep your eyes open for that. And uh, they can find those dates on your website. Yeah, TomMabe.com or I tell you. Facebook? It, Facebook, yeah, just Tom Mabe. There's a Tom Mabe, uh, Tom Mabe Comedy, my Facebook. But uh, YouTube, man, check this stuff out on YouTube. That's how I monetize is people looking at it. Yeah, so Mabe in America is the YouTube channel. You definitely got to check it out and join 500,000 other subscribers. Hit that subscribe button so you get to see every seven to ten days the new stuff he's putting out. And, and there's almost 200 videos on it right now. Man, you can spend at least an hour it's like Breaking every Bad. day for the you rest of the You get hooked on like Breaking Bad. It's amazing. <laughs> it is pretty. I mean, that's, that's what I like is how you can just click on the video now and go see the next one. I, I'll get stuck in that sometimes for 30 minutes yeah, watching it. Watching back and back. And you got some great stuff. So, as always, good to see you. Thanks, brother. And uh, we'll catch you down the line.